27, verse 4. We will be reading this in the ESV. Um, the Bibles are below you, as you guys are already kind of going to, or you can also look it up in your Bible app, as well as if you have your own Bible, please feel free to look. Um, it's again Psalms 37, verse 4. Very simple. And when you're ready, if we can all stand for the reading of God's word today. Let's read it together. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I'm going to say that again. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. So, yes, hello again. Obviously, I am not Pastor Steve. Um, and, you know, since you're probably, for those of you that already know me, you're going to hear a lot of the same things. But since we do have new people, I feel like I have to just cover a couple things. Uh, my name is Connie, or legally Eden, and I'm just filling in today. I work at Harmon, um, and I'm also at Talbot, trying to finish my seminary degree, um, hopefully in the next year. And I know that as being a student now, um, yeah, I just want to say if you guys are just also struggling because it is like, I just feel like it's been such a long semester. Um, yeah, I just want to encourage you to say hang in there because I know that I sure need that encouragement these days. Um, yeah, so now I, I know that I mentioned that I am in seminary and um, if I haven't mentioned this before, seminary has been really wrecking me. Um, and I know it's a common thing that people say for those people who say that they are in seminary or who have been in seminary, that it is, you know, you just get really wrecked. Um, but what I mean specifically is that while, you know, there are classes that I'm taking that are truly, um, I guess, stretching me and expanding my, you know, my views and my um, knowledge of the Christian doctrines as well as the history of Christianity or even world religion. Um, but there is one particular series of class that... Um, <laughs> that has been uh, very difficult because, um, yeah, because it just has been really wrecking me from the inside, in my, in my heart, in my soul, and that is my spiritual formation classes. I am in my third and final course, thank God um, for this uh, requirement, and each class has been difficult because it always ha allows me or makes me take a deep and long, hard look at myself, and especially at my heart. And one topic in particular that was very eye-opening um, in, in the previous semesters, but also was challenging, was on the topic of desires. Now, I know Pastor Steve has been on the series with you guys on life and talking about a lot of different aspects of life. And so I kind of wanted to stay somewhat on the same, I guess, track so that it doesn't veer too far off. So, but I'm not really sure. But I, I, think, I think we can kind of work this in, and Pastor Steve will be able to hopefully kind of make it all work. And so... On desires, we just read, well, right, in 37, chapter 37, verse 4, that if we delight in the Lord, that he will give us the desires of our heart, right? It's very simple. Now, there is a whole other sermon that you guys can listen to on just what it means to delight in God, but for today's purpose, we are going to just focus on the desires, the desires of the heart and what that really means. And specifically, I'm talking about our heart's desires, because I'm not talking about like, you know, like I want some tacos, or I want some like dunks, or I want a boyfriend, or I want a girlfriend, I want good grades, or, you know, I want, I don't know, a house, whatever it may be. I'm not talking about that, but rather... I want to then discuss beneath that, I guess, statement, why is it that you want or desire these things? So then maybe you can think about it as, 
Why am I so obsessed with what I want or have to eat? I know there are some really like hardcore people who like go very far just to like get what they want to eat. You know, they are just mad like food lovers. You know, you see that. But it's, but it's like, why? Also, why maybe are you so caught up on wanting the latest fashion trend? I have a brother who is like kind of in this way. He just is a, just, yeah. And so I get influenced by him as well. But, you know, I kind of always want to tap into that. And I, and I kind of want to always ask him, like, why is that? Or, you know, maybe you, have you ever thought of why you want a girlfriend or boyfriend so badly? I hear this a lot from young people. Or maybe, um, why am I always seeking good grades? You know, I think that's common, you know, for a lot of the students here. Or why am I never satisfied with the job that I have? You know, because I know that's, the, you know, I think common also in post-grad life as well. And finally, why is it so important that I have to have a house, right? Why is it? So why, why all of these things? And if, you know, this kind of doesn't, you know, ring a bell for you or doesn't get your mind to think, you know, I just want you to think about what is the desire of your heart? What is the desire of your heart? And for some of us, I know it may be difficult to answer um, this question, and that's completely okay because this question and being aware of what it is that our heart really truly desires can take time. And it may take time. And so my prayer for us in this time today is that we would begin to just tap into that, tap into that heart's desire and let that be the beginning of a deeper relationship um, with, between you and our God the Father. So back in 2008, um, there was a couple named Mark and De Debbie Losser who did a theological research on desires, on human desires. And by the use of scripture and some theological or psychological principles, they are spiritual counselors. Um, well, I think I believe um, the husband had passed away a couple of years ago, but they have this organization, and they and through this research, they were able to come up, or they were able to um, share in this book um, the the very common um, desires that God has given to us. And there's a book, and, and so I actually didn't read the book um, because our class did a very in-depth um, kind of, what is it, uh, analysis of, of this. And so, but if you were interested for whatever reason after this message, I just wanted to let you know that there is a book out there. But for our time, you know, I just figured, why reinvent the wheel when I could just, you know, pass on the information that I've been learning to you guys? So the seven desires, what are they? Well, here's a good list. The desires are, these are our heart's desires. The desire to be heard, the desire to be affirmed, the desire to be blessed, the desire to be safe, the desire to be touched, the desire to be chosen, and the desire to be included. Now note, these are all desires that God has given to us, all of those who he created, so that it would draw us into relationship with him. Okay, that's the purpose of these desires. But, you know, to just kind of dig a little bit deeper into each of these desires and get your, you know, um, heads to think about them, we're going to take a look at very briefly each of these desires. Oops, oops, I can't go backwards. Jennifer, can you go backwards for me? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so the desire to be heard or understood, okay? This desire, well, yeah, the desire to be heard and understood is, Really hearing someone, right, always involves more than just understanding of facts or issues, right? Can we all agree on that? It involves listening, meaning involves listening to that person and their heart, 
the feelings of their heart and not just their words. And so you're really just paying attention and listening to them. The desire to be heard is really, though, a longing in our heart that God gave us so that we would long for him. And I think this is, we, we know this. And isn't it really true? Because when we are trying to, when we feel the longing of wanting to just listen for God and to know that he is there, we, we just listen for God's answers or whatever signs because we're longing that. We're longing that from God. But when you don't really feel that longing, sometimes it's, you find yourselves, a lot of us, just praying just words to God. And it's just us really speaking to them. Not that, it's, that, that that's a bad thing. Now, I did mention um, that, again, these desires are God-given so that it would draw us into relationship with him. But with that in mind, with each desire are also, very, are also these false narratives. Um, narratives that tell us these false ideas that these desires you know, can't be fulfilled, should not be fulfilled, or in fact, they are not important. Um, so the false narratives for the desire to be heard are things like, you know, maybe you have a desire to be heard, but you feel that I'm just not worthy of being heard. So you just kind of put it back in. Or maybe you, you don't talk about it or you don't talk to others and, and get that desire to be, to be met because you feel like you will be a bother to others. Or maybe you feel that my needs are just too much. I know if I felt that you know, when I was much younger. I felt like I had so many problems, like no one has time to listen to this. So I would suppress it. Or maybe, you know, now you're at that point, then now you think that you just don't have any needs at all, right? And you fail to realize that by doing that, you're, you are just suppressing that need of wanting to be heard or being heard. But, you know, there are commands in Scripture which lead us to, both vul- to be both vulnerable and to listen. And I'm just going to be sharing, you know, these commandment um, Scriptures throughout, you know, each of des- these desires so that you do know that there is a correlation here. And so for this, in Galatians 6.2, it talks about, you know, we bear one another's burdens. How do you do that? You do that by talking to each other, by listening. And it also in James 5.16, it says, confess your sins to each other. How do we do that? Talk about it. You listen, right? So a lot of these, you know, it may be very common sense, but you'd be amazed to know how much we don't think about it. And we just think we do, but, but we, just, we haven't really tapped deeply into that. Next, the desire to be affirmed meaning to believe that someone approves of us, who we are, and what we do, okay? To know that God does love us and that he bestows us or bestows his grace upon us is really a life-transforming awareness because when we do become aware of God's love and his affirmation for us, that leads us to his calling, to his purpose, for, and, and, you know, and all other things for our lives. But we can only come to this and experience this when we know of God's love and his affirmation. And it's sadly that in, in our world today, a lot of you know, people around the world, you know, and even here I'm sure you can tell, maybe yourself, we lack that affirmation. And if you especially grew up in you know, an Asian household, um, this would be even more true. Because instead of affirmation, we grow up being more criticized you know, or being put down. And those things then lead us to these false narratives. With the criticism, we end up telling ourselves that I'm just not good enough. Or the lack of affirmation sometimes makes us, feel that, that makes us feel the need to lie and avoid conflict because we're not confident in ourselves, so we don't talk about it or bring up our own thoughts. Or we want to be affirmed, but it only leads us to just try harder to please other people. And sometimes we, we just end up wanting to be perfect without realizing that it's just because we want to be affirmed. And so we've tried to just be that perfect person and do everything right. 
Well, there are commands in Scripture as well which lead us to affirm others, and that comes from Hebrews 3.13 as well as 10.12, where it says to encourage one another daily. And again, in 1 Thessalonians, where it says to encourage each other. And I'm just giving you like snippets, and you can um, just go through these on your own as well. Now, the desire to be blessed. So this can be a little bit tricky because while affirmation is about maybe the things that we do, being blessed, the desire to be blessed is about just who we are. Okay, so when we get blessed, we believe that we are special in someone's eyes, right? Um, and, we are, and when we are blessed, we do not have to perform to gain that love. We are just love for just being who we are. Um, and so when we confuse the two between the desire of affirmation and um, to, be, to be blessed, we just end up doing things like to work harder. Um, but just remember that blessing is about who we are. And so then that, you know, brings me to think that the desire to be blessed may be our deepest need because a lot of us are always just wanting to be accepted and loved for just who we are. Um, to know that if our accomplishments, if our fame or honor or possessions were to be all stripped away, you know, that we would still be loved simply because, like, I am me. Um, and so that is why we need blessing, okay? But what are the false narratives then that shift us away from this, from this desire? It's, it's that I can't do anything right because, again, you know, we're confusing the desire to be blessed with the desire to be affirmed. Or you may think, I'm, I'm also not worthy. Some of these false narratives are repetitive throughout these desires. Or there, maybe there's something wrong with me, so you're just not blessed. You, like People can't love you for who you are. And then also, maybe you just think that I just always need to work harder to be blessed. The commands, again, of Scripture, though, which lead to others feeling blessed is... Let us not come, become conceited, provoking, and envying each other from Galatians. And also in humility, consider others better than yourselves. That comes from Philippians. I'm like, like, like breezing by these because I don't want to like bore you to death with all these desires. But I want you to just get your brains thinking. The desire to be safe or secure, I think this is a big one. We all desire to be safe, right? To be free of our fears and anxieties. Um, and whether that be materially secure, physically secure, relationally secure, or spiritually secure, I think we can relate with either one or maybe all. And, not, and, and for us, if not having the security of being safe and secure leads us to worry and even obsessed about things that are not really detrimental. Right? Think about that. For example, and I don't say this in any insensitive way, but there are some people that I have known um, in, throughout my life who have always had a boyfriend or girlfriend or who are always constantly dating. It's almost an, an obsession that they didn't realize, um, but at the core of this, I believe it has a lot to do with relationally being secure. Now, with that being said, we can also worry about other things, right? Like health, um, money, um, and, and maybe just eternity. And with health, even especially with the pandemic, I know this has been an obsession as well for, for some people that maybe have, wasn't before. So then what are the false narratives to this, to this desire to be safe and secure? Well, we tell ourselves that the only way to be safe and secure is I just have to take care of myself. I take care of myself and I'm safe, I'm good. Or not having this, not having this desire met leads us to believe that I'm alone in this world. Or you may just already be thinking, I am the only one who can meet my needs. I don't need anything, I don't need anyone else. I meet my own needs, and therefore, I'm secure, I'm safe. But I want you to know that um, God actually put this desire deep in our hearts because, 
I mean, I'm sure you know it. He is trying to teach us to rely on him to keep him safe. Psalm 55, 22 says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. And so more verses, commands of scripture, which leads us to feel safe are be at peace with each other from Mark and also live in harmony with one another in Romans. Now the desire to be touched. This desire to be touched has two forms of expression. Right? First, we all have the desire to be sexually touched. And then conversely, we also have the desire then to be touched in non-sexual ways. With this desire, we really never grow out, outgrow these, outgrow this, this need um, for touch. Even when we may be fully grown, non-sexual touch is still needed and is actually, um, and, and we know this because of the way Jesus demonstrated the healing power, right, um, through touch. Whether he, when, you know, he healed the lepers or the unclean or the blind. But now, what are the false narratives then to this desire? Well, I'm sure you can relate to some of these. You know, nowadays, a lot of people get the two confused. Sex and love are the same thing, is what we think. Um, and sometimes they say, you know, I can meet my own needs for touch. Um, maybe another false narrative is some may view themselves as so unclean to think that I am just not worthy of being touched. And similarly, you know, some of us may think that I'm just untouchable because I'm not beautiful enough compared to other people. Now, the commands of scripture which meet the need to be touched, you know, in the Bible is one, like in John, wash one another's feet, right? Very straightforward. And also in 2 Corinthians, greet, greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, I know this isn't like common or a practice that we do here, but it is still practiced in other parts and various you know, parts of the world and cultures. Two more. The desire to be chosen. While we all desire, we all desire, right, to be selected by someone to be in a special relationship. And let's face it, it's because it's a wonderful experience, right, to be chosen because at the end of the day, you feel desired, you know, because you are chosen. You feel special and you are accepted. But now, think about the fact that most cultures have set standards of worthy choosing, meaning, so what does our culture define as desirable? We look at how we look, right, what kind of job you may have to be chosen, how much money you have, or how influential you are. You know, I know that's really big these days, especially through YouTube and social media. How much talent you have, right? But just as there is also a standard of, you know, what's worth choosing, every culture also picks out certain people to be undesirable or outcasts. And who are these people? Nerds or losers? I don't even know if you guys use that term anymore, but it's the best that I could think of. Um, sinners, right? We cast out, we, we outcast sinners. You don't really want to be associated with sinners. Um, there are people also who, maybe people from bad families who make you feel undesirable. Like, um, I, I think for older people, or I've heard that, like, they don't want to marry into that family maybe because that family, like, they don't come from a good family background. You know, so they, it makes them, you know, feel undesirable or look undesirable. And also, like, simply the poor, the sick, the widow, the homeless, all these people, you know, are categorized and, the, and the, our culture, our world makes them and puts them in a place where they are just undesirable. And so then with that, that leads us to these false narratives of, I am not, cho or, I am not or can't be chosen because I am not enough. I'm just not, not lovable, so I'm not, I'm not chosen. Or I'm not as good as others, so I'm not chosen. Or I am different, so therefore I won't be chosen. And, you know, for this desire specifically, I want to just uh, 
tell you to those of you who have any of the slightest or hints of these thoughts, I just felt the Lord wanting you to know that no matter how low you may have dipped in that desirability chart, know that God will always rush out to you, and he always does. You can just think about the prodigal son, right? He will rush out to meet you in your room, in your sleep, in your deep, secret, hiding place, wherever it is. He is always at your doorstep because God chooses you and he loves you day after day and night after night. So the commands of scripture which help us to feel chosen. Love one another deeply from the heart. Give preference to one another and submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And finally, the desire to be included. This is more about our church. We desire to be included in fellowship with God and others. We, be, we long to want to, to belong. Right? And this desire helps us feel that we are not alone and gives us a sense of well-being. And this is a desire that should be experienced in our family of origin because it is starting with our own families where this desire actually begins to be awakened, okay? in, in us especially. And so, but how does God include us? Well, scripture says in John, John 17, God includes us in fellowship with himself and with his son through the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, right? But what is the false narrative to this then? It's that no one wants me, so I'm not included. No one sees me. No one accepts me. And so therefore, I, 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 I don't have a desire to be included or I'm not included, and when this, this, the, when this desire is not met, we end up thinking that I am also just alone in this world, so I will never be included. So friends, I want to ask you, what does the church then require for people to belong? Well, I think it's really, honestly, a, a very easy question to answer because it only requires us to counter all of these false narratives. And so the commands for scripture which promote a sense of belonging is accept one another then just as Christ accepted you or have equal concern for each other and honor one another above yourselves. Now I know I just shoved down maybe like a lot of words down your throat, but I just want to ask you and to think about these desires and ask yourself if these desires are being met through the Lord and in God, or are they being fulfilled by the people and the things of this world? Which of these false narratives are you clouded by today? Which desire are you suppressing because you were so misled to think that these desires cannot or should not or not important to be fulfilled? You see, in the Old Testament, human desires were viewed as something natural to humankind. But this natural desire was to be subjected in obedience to God's will. And the one who really understood how to gain true fulfillment of their desires, his or her desires, relied on God. So this meant that naturally to them, their final desire was the Lord. And I really believe that this day and this day, even though this is the view of the Old Testament, it still is the truth today, is it not? And I really pray that it's something that you can hold on to today. Because if we leave these desires unmet by God, we end up finding unhealthy ways to, be, to, you know, to, to get them met, which is why it further leads us to these false narratives. But if we learn to recognize that these God-given God desires, making them known and allowing God to meet them, we will enjoy a deeper and richer relationship with God and with others. 
And when we understand our desires and realize that they are the same for everyone, right, we can also live in a more deeper and more meaningful community with one another. And so, you know, if you're kind of wondering how do we get this desire met then, I think it can, again, like I said, it can take time, but it can really start with this, just an awareness. Just you tapping into which desire or which false narrative you have been really clouded by to the point that you've believed that false narrative to be your truth. And my, you know, awakening to all of this, it was, it has been really, um, it has brought a lot of self-awareness. But not only that, it has brought me even more, a greater awareness for who God is, his character, and who he is in my life and who he is for me and others. And so I just want to challenge you guys to do that. And so as the uh, praise team comes up, I want to um, just go ahead and leave these seven desires up for you. And I want to give you all some time to reflect on these desires and perhaps identify or acknowledge to God which desire in particular you long for or have been longing, but you didn't realize it because you were so misled by these false narratives. And so as you... Take, you know, time. And, you know, I, I want you to know, like, I, these desires, it's, it's so difficult um, to kind of come to terms with. It may make you feel a little uncomfortable, especially when you're coming to, you know, terms with some of these truths. truths it may also hurt you. It may, um, or, or, you know, maybe some of you are just not aware at all and you're completely dumbfounded. Like, what is, what is all this? Um, but, and if that's you, again, I just ask that you maybe ask God to surface or bring to light which desire needs to be met by God alone and just start there. And so, yeah, so if we can just um, bow our heads and, you know, think about this. Again, I'm going to repeat it for you. The desire to be heard, the desire to be affirmed, the desire to be blessed, the desire to be safe, the desire to be touched the desire to be chosen, and the desire to be included. And if there are some of you who are sitting there, you know, today in this room or even um, online, and maybe more than one, or maybe there's one specific one that is just nailing at you and that you've been wrestling with, uh, but you just haven't really been able to bring that up, well, I want you to just um, listen to these words because I truly believe that this is what God wants you to know. That in your desire to be heard, know that my eyes are on the righteous and my ears are attentive to your prayer. In your desire to be affirmed, know you are my workmanship, my work of art. In your desire to be safe and secure, know that I will never abandon you, nor will I ever forsake you. In your desire to be touched and blessed, know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And in your desire to be chosen and included, know you are a chosen person, a royal priesthood, and my special possession. 